My name is Matt Ikevazi, and welcome to How Success is Made. I'm a part of a group of traveling entrepreneurs that live their lives in a way that most people don't understand. We don't have normal jobs, don't save for retirement, and don't believe in only having two weeks a year of vacation. Instead, we believe that life is worth living now, and that life-changing experiences don't have to be just once in a lifetime. We understand that having a nine to five job isn't a bad way to live. It's just not our way to live. We chose a different path. We chose freedom, not security. If you ask most people, your coworkers, friends, or family, they will tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet we do it every day. We are living our lives traveling all over the world, making money with just our laptops in the only way that we know how, by bringing value to other people. We are success travelers, and this is our life. Follow your purpose and not the money. If you have a purpose, if you have a reason you exist, if you have a reason that you're doing that specific business, a cause, a belief that you're following for yourself, then it makes being in business, doing your business so much easier. It makes people that believe the same things that you believe follow you too. And they're no longer working for the money they're now working because they believe in something. They believe in supporting the cause, the same belief that you have. So I wanted to talk to you today about Simon Sinek's Golden Circle. You may have heard of it, but it is very profound in the business world. And most businesses don't operate this way, but I'll explain to you why they should and why some businesses have failed because they didn't operate this way and why some businesses are at the very top of their industry because of this reason right here. So Simon Sinek explains the golden circle where we have three circles. There's why, there's how, right? And then what? Here, I'll flip it this way. Every business in the world knows what they do, right? Anyone can tell you what a business does. You can tell them what they do. They can tell you what they do, right? Every business knows what they do. A lot of them also know how they do it, okay? But very few know why they do it. Typically, when businesses create a marketing message, they go from the outside in. They first explain what they do, then they explain how they do it, and they don't usually have a why. They don't even really explain it. So. Uh, but there are certain companies that are at the top of their industry or like they're the favorite in the industry and it's because they operate, they have a reason, a cause, a purpose for being in business. You can look at old school Apple or Southwest, Southwest Airlines, right, Harley Davidson. People get Harley Davidson tattooed on themselves. It's a corporate logo. Why do they do that? It's because it's not just a company, right? It's a belief that they have and their beliefs um, match Harley-Davidson's, right? Or Harley-Davidson's matches theirs, okay? But I'll use Apple because everybody knows what Apple is. They're well aware of their products. I, I think they're kind of losing it after they lost Steve Jobs. But if Apple were like every other business, a marketing message from them may sound something like this. We build amazing computers. They are beautifully designed, easy to use, and user-friendly. 
you want to buy one? And that's what every company usually does, you know? They say, here's our marketing firm. We have the best lawyers. Um, you know, here's our, here's our computer. It has six gigs of RAM, you know, 500 gigabytes solid state memory, blah, 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 blah. Here's our car. You know, it goes from zero to 60 in 0.5 seconds, right? They never get to the why. So here's what a marketing message from Apple actually sounds like, okay? Everything we do we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. The way we challenge the status quo is by making our products beautifully designed, easy to use, and user-friendly. We just happen to make great computers. Do you want to buy one? See, way more impactful. And all I did was flip the message. I just flipped. I went from the inside out instead of the outside in. And there's a reason why this type of marketing works so well and why this type of environment and culture fosters some of the greatest companies in the world. It's because there are three parts of your brain and if you look at the brain from the top down it basically correlates with this golden circle perfectly. So the middle two parts of your brain are your limbic brain and the outermost part of your brain is your neocortex. So your neocortex, the outside of your brain, is responsible for all facts and figures. It's responsible for language. It's why we're so advanced as a species, right? It's because we can think. You know, we have this limbic brain, right? It's the newest part of our brain. Um, we can think, figure things out, understand facts and figures, and verbalize what we need, right? Uh, but the middle two sections of the brain are our limbic brains. And our limbic brains are responsible for all emotion and feeling that we feel, as well as all decision making. So when a company makes a marketing message that starts from the outside in and explains what we do, we're talking to the brain that can understand the facts and figures, but not necessarily the part of the brain that makes decisions, right? And so what Apple does, and many other companies like this, is because they have a purpose or a reason for existing, they want to think differently, you know, they want to change the world, right? Because they have that reason, and because they follow that reason, these companies, they, you know, people can't necessarily explain why they like them, uh, because it's not the part of the brain that is responsible for language, right? That's why when you love somebody, you know, you make a decision to obviously spend your time with them. But then when you're asked, oh, well, why do you love that person? You can't really put it into words. You know, the best thing you can come up with is, well, you know, it just feels right, right? It just feels right. And then you try to logic. You try to make it logical. And you say, like, well, she's smart. You know, she's funny, she's independent, and, you know, those are logical things that people can understand, and those are things that you can explain, right, because it's the part of the brain. She's not the only smart, funny, you know, independent person in the world, right? So why do you feel attracted to her? It's all happening here in the limbic brain. So if you start a company and you have a belief, a purpose, a reason for existing, a reason as to why you're doing it. And every decision you make 
just follows that reason more and more, you know, a few things will happen. One, you'll feel more passionate about growing this company because it's something that you truly believe in and you're no longer there just for the money, right? As well as you'll inspire your employees or the people that work with you because hopefully they're there for the belief, the cause, the purpose. They have the same reason. They have the same purpose in life that you have. And because of that, they're with you, not for the money. They're with you to solve, solve that problem, to be there for that purpose. And what happens is you get crazy productive employees because they're not there just for the money. You know, they're, they're actually driven by a desire, a passion of theirs because they share the same passion as you. And it doesn't just, uh, doesn't just reflect in your employees, it reflects your customers too. So typically, this is why you see diehard Apple fans, right? It's almost like a cult, right? And you know, although Apple may not be the fastest thing on the market, but these people, they believe the same thing that their leader believes, that they believe the same thing that the company believes in. That's the same with, you know, Southwest Airlines and Harley Davidson. Any cult-like following in a company, it's because people are there not for the company. They're there for the belief. They're there for themselves. Oh, by doing this, it also makes decision-making a lot easier in the company as well. You see, when you make a decision just based off uh, solving the problem that you're trying to solve or, you know, for that specific person, pur purpose rather than the money, uh, you tend to stay in business and tend to, quote-unquote, be called innovative, right? Apple creates the Apple II. If you've listened to Steve Jobs, he doesn't figure out like, oh, what's the, you know, how could this be the best selling machine ever? What can we give it to make it have the best features? What do people want, right? People didn't know what they want. They didn't know what a GUI was. They didn't, you know, know that they wanted pictures on the screen and can move a mouse, right? But Steve Jobs, his goal was, you know, technology is complicated. I want to simplify it and bring it to the masses, right? And that's what he did. That's what he believed in. His goal was not to make the best-selling computer in the world. His goal was to revolutionize the technology industry and simplify it so that many people can use it. He did it again with the iPod. Typically, they were really clunky, and he was saying, you know, CDs are great, right? But I want to listen to more music on the go, and I don't want to have to rip and burn these CDs, and, you know, I want to make this simple, right? And then the iPod took off, right? But what really made it took off, and this is what a lot of people don't talk about, is actually iTunes. You see, before that, the way you got your music was buying it at retail stores in CDs, and then you had to put it on your computer, then put it on your iPod. It was a lot of steps. Again, he wanted to simplify it. He wanted to simplify technology. So there was always, uh, Napster was coming up, right? But Napster was filled at the time with just tons of like poor quality downloads and like you, you know, after you downloaded it, uh, you got the wrong song and it took forever. And then he released iTunes. It was like, you know what? For $1 a song, 
you can just download it, you can know it's great quality, and you can put it straight to your iPod. You know how easy that was for people? It destroyed the entire music industry as we know it because he bring, he all he was doing was just making it easier for people, right? Because that was his goal, was just to simplify technology. That was his purpose, to simplify technology. And he followed that, he continued to follow that, and he just made all these innovations, right? Another thing, iPhone came out, right? Uh, crazy, again, destroyed the whole phone industry as we know it because he wanted phones to be easy and simple. You know, it was funny. He got the exclusive contract from AT&T, and a lot of people seem to think that, wow, AT&T's lucky. They're the only ones that uh, Apple gave their phone to. That is not how it worked. Actually, AT&T was the only one that accepted Apple's terms and that's why they were exclusive. See, Apple, typically what happened was the phone industry, the service provider um, told the phone what was on the phone, right? And it wasn't until Apple came along that he said, you know what, I don't want you guys to determine what's on the phone. I want to determine what's on the phone. And then the manufacturer started making the phone and uh, what came on it, right? And that was a change. And the only one that, the only service provider that accepted those terms, and you know what, we'll give it a shot, uh, you know, and you know, typically on the surface they think, well, we're gonna lose a lot of money doing this because we make a lot of money on our services on our phones, right? And Apple's like, no, I don't want you to have any services. I wanna do it. And so AT&T was the only one that accepted those terms. And Apple blew up, again, simplifying the phone market. Southwest Airlines, typically, before them, uh, you know, flights and you just using an airplane was sort of reserved for like higher end people, like people that had money, because it was expensive to fly, right? And what Southwest Airlines did is they changed the whole infrastructure of how the airline industry would work, right? Before, you know, these airline industries, you, buy a ticket and you'd get you know an assigned seat and you can pick your class right your first class and business class and uh just coach right and then they had all these different model airplanes depending on where you were going and stuff and southwest airlines was like you know what we want to make this cheap we want to make this affordable and they changed the entire model and so how they succeeded was the first thing they did was eliminate the coach and business class and first class, you just bought a ticket, got to sit wherever you want, okay? So a couple things happened there. One, uh, by doing that, you don't get empty seats. You could just fill up all the seats and then, you know, first come, first serve, right? Uh, so they could just sell out of the airplane because before, you know, you got first class, business class, maybe some of the tickets didn't sell and then they would sell them at a drastic discount to try and fill the plane. Instead, they just would always sell you know, one ticket and you just got on the plane. Okay, that was the first thing they did. The second thing they did was they actually bought all the same airplane, all the same model airplane. None of their planes are different. They don't have any varying models. They just have the one single model airplane. And so this helps for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it decreases the cost of repairs because they can interchange parts from all different planes, you know? 
two, it decreases the cost for the mechanic because now they don't need a mechanic that knows how to work on this specific model. Uh, they can interchange mechanics and, you know, this mechanic can work on any plane in the entire Southwest Airlines fleet. You know, they didn't have to know how to work on that specific model. Another thing it did is uh, lower the cost of labor as well because now any of the pilots as well as any of the crew or anything could work on any airplane they needed it to, right? So now uh, they've eliminated huge labor costs. They've eliminated all kinds of you know, special technicians that they need, and they've eliminated uh, seats not being sold, right? And by the way, they didn't do it to be the best airline. They did it for a purpose. Their purpose was to bring air travel to uh, lower class citizens so that the everyman can do it, right? That was their goal. They wanted anyone they want to be able to use an airline, okay? And that's the reason they simplify it. That's the reason they did all this. They followed a purpose and not the money. Oh, let me give you an example of a famous failure that did not follow the purpose and I'll give you two. One is in the turn of the 19th century, or in the turn of the 20th century, the biggest industry, you may not know this, was actually ice block delivery. Why ice block delivery? People had ice boxes in their house and they got ice delivered to their doorstep, a big block of ice, and they would put it in their ice box and they'd keep their food in it and it'd keep it from going bad, right? Ice block delivery, huge industry. Everyone needed to keep their food fresh, right? And so then the refrigerator was invented, right? And all those companies that thought they were in business to deliver ice failed. But the companies, and there was only one, I think, is like Maytag or Whirlpool or something, one of those old companies um, that are still around today. Uh, the ones that said, hey, you know what? Our purpose is to keep fruit from going bad, right? That's the reason, that's the problem we're solving. That's the reason we exist. And they adapted. They changed their model, right? And when they changed their model and followed their belief, instead of the money, they didn't go out of business. And they became, you know, they're still around today. That was the 19th, the turn of the 20th, that was like 1900, right? So here is a more recent example, Blockbuster Video. Some of you may know and even been in a Blockbuster Video from time to time. And so what happened there was the thing, you know, let's go back to this. Uh, just like the ice block delivery, what they did was deliver ice, but that's not why they did it, okay? Now Blockbuster Video, what they do is rent movies, okay? But why they did it was to provide entertainment inside of households, okay? Netflix comes in, in fact, Netflix comes in and destroys Blockbuster Video. Um, and it's because Blockbuster Video followed their what and not their why. Netflix saw a better way to solve the same problem, and they followed why, why instead. You know, streaming movies may not always be the best way to deliver home entertainment, right? But as long as Netflix realizes their purpose and the problem they're solving, they'll be okay. Don't follow the why. Don't follow the what, follow the why.
Oh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Netflix actually approached Blockbuster Video and wanted to bring the service to them. They wanted to team up and they said, hey, this is a great idea, you know, we'll do this. And Blockbuster looked at little, little Netflix and just told them to, you know, go away. We don't want you. We're doing super amazing. And then what happened? Netflix blows up and within two years, I think uh, Blockbuster use it, loses 80% of their stores. It's like, I don't, don't remember exactly, it's like 60,000 stores or something closed in like two years because of Netflix. And then, then they release Blockbuster on demand, right? And they try and get in the game. Well, too late. They were following their what and not their why. So when you're trying to figure out what business you want to start, uh, don't start a business just because it makes money. Start a business because you want to legitimately solve a problem that maybe you have too or something that you can get passionate about. And you know, your passion may actually change. You may find out that, you know, start a business and find out that it's not really your passion and that's okay. You could either sell it or just close it down. But don't start a business for the money. Follow your purpose, not the money. Thanks guys so much. That was another episode. If you have anything to add, leave it in the comments below. Or if you have any questions, comments below and give me a thumbs up. Thanks guys so much and I'll see you in the next video. Peace!